Welcome to the 60 Plus Podcast. I'm Janet. And I'm Joe. How are you today, Janet? I'm great. I'm doing really well. I had a really beautiful start to the day and, you know, life is good. Life is good. Life is good. There's a song by Keb Moe that I was listening to this morning and the name of the song is Life is Beautiful. You should check it out sometime because it's a really good song and uh, a lot of truisms in it. That's a great segue to what we're going to be talking about today. Well, what are we talking about today, Janet? So I came across this thing. Yes, it was on Instagram. It was called The Seven Rules of Life. And I thought, well, that might make for a good discussion on achieving happiness, 60 plus, staying positive, which is what we like to do. So I thought we might give it a whirl. All right. So we're going to talk about, are there seven rules of life, did you say? Yeah, seven rules of life. Yeah. All right. So what are the rules? Well, the first one, which is make peace with your past so it won't disturb your present. I like that. You know what's different about that at 60 plus as compared to earlier in life? You have more past. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of past. <laughs> and not only that, there is this whole thing. is As you get older, your long-term memory gets better and your short-term memory gets worse. Who are you again? Which is why. <laughs> Where did I put my car keys? No, why did I walk into this room? I have lost my sunglasses again. <laughs> so there's a reason like what older people tell a lot of stories about the past because that's what they're remembering. But I think the overall in terms of happiness, what this means to me is that we don't want to spend a lot of time grieving over the past. Um, or ruminating. Yeah. Make, it doesn't have to be grieving, but ruminating is... Sure. But it says make peace with your past, okay. right? So if there are things in your past that you still need to make peace with, do you want to bring those into the present? No. And I think it also is in relationship to like living in the present. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you live in the present rather than remunerating over the past or worrying about the future? So two things that you just said. When we talked to Michelle last time, mm-hmm. I mentioned how all of your experiences and things that, from the past are what make you who you are. Right. But you do have some control over that. For instance, I don't mark sad dates in my life. I don't know when people died. I don't know certain dates because I don't want to take up brain space with sad things. Right. Somebody asked me recently, when did your dad die? I'm, I don't know, five, six, seven years. I, don't, I really, really don't know. I don't let that past bring me down in the present. I'm not saying that's right for everyone. Right. I mean, I think about my parents probably every day in, in some way, shape, or form. But I do remember the day that they passed. And... I don't know if it's necessarily a day of sadness. It certainly isn't, but it's an opportunity to just give them some honor, if you will, a moment of remembrance, but it's not necessarily a sad thing. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So living in the present, if you find yourself dwelling in the past, find yourself ruminating or grieving about something in the past, how do you stop yourself from doing that? That's a really good question, Joe. I have known had, for good questions. Yes. Well, I have very had, few answers. <laughs> so I think meditation is really good for bringing yourself as present as you possibly can be. Focusing on 
what you're hearing, you know, close your eyes. What do you hear? That automatically brings you into the present. So if you feel yourself going down this path of the past or worrying about the future, can you take a moment just to take a deep breath and get present? So that's a technique. I also had somebody tell me one time, if you need that time to think about something in the past or worry about something in the future, can you maybe set a microwave or something and say, okay, I'm going to give myself five minutes. And then once that five minutes is up, going to pick myself and move on and continue with my day. I've read and talked to people who deal with people who are depressed, Mm -hmm. like clinically depressed. Mm -hmm. And you can't control what pops into your head. Mm -hmm. So something from the past can pop into your head. When people are suffering from depression, one of the techniques they try to use with them is focus on something else. And it can be something very minor. It can be a picture on the wall. Think about the picture on the wall. What colors are in it? When when was it? Uh, what is it a picture of? And that forces those negative thoughts out of your head. Right. And that's actually one of the techniques you use in meditation. People are like, meditation, I can't do that. I can't settle down for long enough. But it's really a matter of taking focus away from everything that's happening around you and putting it into as few things as possible. Is that why in some types of meditation they use a mantra? Yes, yes, you know, repeating so it forces you to think about that. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of good reasons to do mantras, positive ones, you know, can actually set new neural pathways. But all of that gets you to being thinking in the present terms, focusing in on something that's not going to drag you in the past or put you too far in the future. All right, so make peace with your past and and move on from it. That's rule number one, according to this Instagram meme. Right, because if you think about if you're using all this energy in the past or the future, you're missing the present. Oh, that's true. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that's number one. All right. So I'm looking at the list. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is what other people think of you is none of your business. I love that. I like it. I think of it a little differently. What other people think of you is completely beyond your control. Well, yes. I think it's being clever, you know, in that sense. It's saying the same thing. This is seven rules of life or happy life came from stay positive. Why spend any time thinking about what other people think of you? It's none of your business. In other words, you're not going to change necessarily what they want to think. When people have perceptions, beliefs, attitudes are even stronger Somebody has a belief about you, tough to change. Somebody has an attitude about you, even tougher to change. So why, again, are you using that brain space to your point if it's something you can't really control? Now, certainly how you treat other people is going to reflect back in terms of of how they feel. Of course. But I think this goes beyond the behavior and is more about what's happening beneath the surface. My kids are... Sick and tired of me saying to them, control what you can control. Mm -hmm. What other people think of you is beyond your control, unless what they're thinking of you is because of something you've done to them. So you can control what you do and how you interact with other people. But if you're in your best behavior, you're being your best self, and somebody still thinks ill of you, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. So move on. Don't worry about it. And sometimes you have to disengage from those people that formulate those thoughts. Yeah, that's a whole nother subject about toxicity and making decisions for yourself 
in terms of what relationships are good for you and positive in your life and give you some baseline of happiness, if you will. Maybe we should have started the conversation there about, you know, what is happiness? You know, I've heard it said that it's not joy, it's not sadness. Those are those are moments. Happiness is sort of how we carry ourselves and what is the baseline? Where is our starting point? And I think that if you are surrounded by people who drag you down or, you know, you're in a relationship that's toxic, that can certainly have a terrible effect on that. Some people, when they're in a, a not healthy relationship, what they want to do is try and change to improve what the other person is thinking of them. There's no need to do that. If someone's trying to make you change to think better of you, that might not be the right person to be hanging out with. Well, you can't really change somebody, can you? Only they can change that's true. for themselves. Control um, what you can control. Right, and that's yourself. All right. What's the next rule? Time heals almost everything. You put a lot of emphasis on the almost. I did. Give it time. There's no nevers always. So I think it's good that they put the word almost in there. If you said time heals everything. It doesn't. I think that's an impossibility. And as we get to later years in life, becomes more true. There, there are some things that just can't be healed. Which is kind of sad. It is sad. And I think this is also the relationship with pain. You know, I always say that pain is very personal and healing has no timeline. It can take you a long time to get over something and that's okay. You have to be kind to yourself. As I say, give it time. But there's also ways in which a person can choose to heal. We can help ourselves heal or we can hold on to the pain. And I know people who do that. It's almost like, well, if I don't feel this pain or if I don't feel this anger, this hurt, what is going to be there when I let go of it? In that, you really have to turn the mirror in on yourself to say, okay, I'm letting go of this. So that opens me up for a whole new attitude and a whole new way of being. And that can be scary sometimes. So I think that we're all human. We're going to suffer. That is part of, part of the human experience, right? That's part of the human experience. How we choose to be in that suffering is what we are in control of. Sometimes you just have to surrender to it, but you have to know when to stop doing that too. Right. Back to the microwave timer. <laughs> okay. I've just been really hurt. I'm going to give myself five minutes. <laughs> well, if you've been really hurt, I don't know that five minutes is necessarily enough. But as I said, it's a timeline that it's kind of personal. The healing part is personal. It's going to take what it's going to take. Can you do things to try to accelerate it? Maybe, maybe, but those wounds can go deep sometimes and we might pretend like, oh, everything's fine. I'm fine. But then you you're masking know, it get really down in there. Mm -hmm. You might find some pain. This relates very much to rule number one, which was make peace with your past. Mm -hmm. So if you can't make peace with your past, healing is going to be more difficult. Yes. So rule number four, no one is in charge of your happiness except you. <laughs> this is kind of what I just was saying. Right. It's like, that's a choice. How you choose to suffer or pain, how you choose to deal with your pain is a choice. This is kind of the flip of that. You are in charge of your happiness. You can't be like, 
oh, well, when I meet the right person, they'll make me happy. No, that comes from within. It does. It's a decision to be happy or not. In many situations, you can say, well, I haven't met the right person, so I'm not going to be happy. That's what's missing from my life. You can be by yourself and be happy. Absolutely. 100%. I strongly believe it's a decision. You have to decide to do that. It's not an external force on you making you happy or unhappy. It's also how we define this happiness. So reading this article about the happiest man on earth, and he was saying how happiness is this baseline. And actually, the way he achieves that is by meditating on compassion. That was the upshot of what he does. But what he was suggesting is that we often misconstrue joy or joyful moments as, oh, we're happy now. And when we're not, when we're very sad, we're like, oh, I'm depressed. Whereas those moments are always going to occur, but how quickly can you get back to center, to that balance? Happiness is really about balance. It's not you're going to go around 20 feet up in the air all day long. If that were the case, that's a new normal, and it's a high bar to try and attain that all the time every day. Right. You know, and you may not even be showing your happiness. Like, I mean, I tend to smile a lot, but I may or may not be feeling as content as I portray. I was just going to say, is contentment a closer state of mind to happiness than joy is? Absolutely. I think it is. I think, and that's where the definition comes in. You know, when we say, oh, to have a happy life. It doesn't mean that you have all your dreams have come true and you're flying high. It's more about what's happening inside and how you manage the challenges that you face every day and what are those choices that you make on a daily basis, a moment-to-moment basis that either directs you more towards that balance or more towards a, a state that's not sustainable. Because you raised the bar so high mm. that you just can't do it every day. Yeah. There are days when, you know, <laughs> you got to do laundry and mow the lawn and, and do that. And, you know. But you can be happy mowing the you lawn. You can be happy mowing the lawn. But if, if your baseline. I have a neighbor who loves to mow the lawn. There's she something wants, wrong with that person. To, she wants to mow everybody else's lawn, too. Why couldn't I get a neighbor like that? <laughs> she has the most beautiful garden. She's out there all the time. She loves it. I'm like, I don't want to pull that weed. (laughs) I'm just going to let that weed live. (laughs) That's very nice of you to let the weed live. No, isn't it? It's all about perspective, right? You're letting the weed live instead of beating yourself up about not pulling the weed. Exactly. It's compassion for the weed. And that's another rule to live by. Compassion for the weed. Yeah, exactly. So... We are going to get through this list, folks. Just stay with us here. Don't compare your life to others and don't judge them. You have no idea what their journey is all about. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll spin this slightly differently because in my life, I've more frequently compared my life to people that have achieved more or have been more successful or I perceive them to be happier. Well, it means how do you define success? All of that. Yeah. All of that is true. But this is kind of saying don't judge someone because you don't know what they're going through. Right. Which you, implies something negative. Right. Everybody has a story. 
Right. And you might say, oh, look, at they're so successful, they're so happy, but you have no idea what they went through to get there. Or if they really are happy and feel successful. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, thinking about, we were just talking a moment ago about this setting the bar high. If you think about some of the ultra rich, which, you know, oh, they have everything and they have all the money in the world and they can do whatever they want. It's like, what's their next high? Let's build rocket ships and go to another planet. It is relative. What have they sacrificed to get to where they are? They may have sacrificed some of the greatest pleasures and joys in life. Yeah, I mean, who's to say? We don't know. Again, that's the whole point. It's personal. You can't compare your life to others. You have to compare your own life in context to your own life. Or to what you want your life to be. Where am I now? And how am I going to get to where I want to go? Right. Where do I want to go? Why? I used to work with a guy years ago, and I hadn't talked to him in probably eight or 10 years, and I had an occasion to talk to him, and he said, I was just thinking of you the other day. I said, really? He said, yeah, because you always would say, what's the goal? If you want to do something, you want to achieve something, you have to set the goal, otherwise you can't get there. You can't just right. founder. Your goal shouldn't be in comparison to others. Exactly. Either, right? Again, it's personal. So- don't compare your life to others. Whether you're comparing it, I'm not as successful or I'm not as happy. So, yeah, I think the bottom line here is judging yourself in comparison to somebody else because it's all our own journeys to have. And, you know, when you think about being 60 plus, somebody said the other day, I was like freaking out because they're like, oh, we're like in the last quarter. If you think of like a football game or whatever. You're in the last quarter of your life. Yeah, I guess if you're going to live to 80-something, which would be good. I mean, I'd like to live beyond that maybe, but still it's like, okay, what do I want these next years to look like for me? If you start there, you can't really be comparing yourself to others. True. I'm putting my businessman hat on. Oh, please don't. No, no, no. no. I think this is a good analogy. Tell me if I'm wrong. I was in sales for a time. Mm-hmm. You were in the business world for a long time. Mm-hmm. What do people do in the last quarter of the year? What do they do? They sprint. Celebrate. They sprint to the, no, they sprint to the end. They put extra effort yeah, into no, everything. They, they sprint to the end, then they celebrate. Yes. So we're, if we're in the last quarter, what we should be doing is sprinting. Celebrating. Celebrating. Um, checking off those things on the bucket list. Well, you got to make your number is what I would always hear right, from my right. from my boss. Yeah, yeah. Is that a well reasonable analogy? You know, hopefully, look moving into the last quarter, you feel good about where you are, mm-hmm. and maybe you have accomplished much of what you have intended, and maybe those goals are changing still. You're setting new goals for yourself. And maybe it's not so much looking at it as like, oh, what haven't I done? I thought I was going to do this, this, that, the other thing. But shifting what's important and shifting your shoulda, woulda, couldas into that contentment. What is going to make me content in the end? We all want to go with a smile on our face, back to the smiling with true contentment in our heart. And what does that look like for you? And what still maybe you want to do to get there? I don't know. Again, personal. It can't be in comparison to anybody else. And that's 
where we're headed. All right. So sprint. Take a sprint. No, don't sprint. <laughs> Meditate. No. <laughs> or do what's right for you. Just do what's right for you. And yeah, no comparison. And enjoy your journey. Understand your journey and be content about what the opportunities are for you. The next one, rule number six, might be the hardest one for me. Mm. Stop thinking too much. It's all right not to know the answers. Oh, yeah. I know. That's hard for me, too. If I don't know something, I like have to look it up. Or just thinking about something and overthinking about it. Your mind races. And sometimes that's okay. Well, again, this is giving into the present. If you're thinking too much, you're probably thinking too much about the future or, I don't know, maybe something in the past, but I view it more as we're thinking about the what ifs and we want the answers and we can't really predict. Even if we thought we did have the answers, life is what happens when you think you have all the answers. So to me, it's about letting go go of that control that you were talking about earlier. Yes, we should focus on what we can control and not what we can't. Well, we certainly can't control the future. So if not knowing the answers means giving into the uncertainties and being okay with that, then I'm, a, I'm all in with that. I like that. I think the operative words in that rule are too much. Stop thinking too much. Thinking about something in an appropriate amount is good but yeah. when you overthink. And be able to walk away when you don't know. Exactly. All right. Last one. Last rule. Oh my goodness. Look what it is. It's smile. Right. We've been talking Seven. about smiling. Smile. You don't own all the problems in the world. That's true. Mm -hmm. None of us do. I don't care who you are. None of us do. We were actually reading that in the, the Daily Stoic. We read the Daily Stoic. Right. Um, and Something I highly recommend to people. Yes. Uh, Stoicism is not what a lot of people think it is. Right. It's called the Daily Stoic, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living by Ryan Holiday. There was a reading about this, and it actually said... When somebody like comes and is like, oh my God, did you hear about that? The latest flood or the latest this or that. Oh, right. I, I remember this one. You're not supposed to like give it any brain power because you can't do anything to fix it. If you can do something. Do it. Control what you can control. Right. If you can't control it, don't worry about it. Right. If you can't control it, don't worry about it. Just do something about it. And I have to say the reading today for. We're recording this on August 27th, 2023 was actually about this. Laugh or cry was the question. Heraclitus would shed tears whenever he went out in public. Democritus laughed. I hope I'm saying those names correctly. One saw the whole... I don't think they'll be offended. No. <laughs> well, no, they're 2,000 years dead. One saw the whole as a parade of miseries, the other of follies. And so we should take a lighter view of things and bear them with an easy spirit, for it is more human to laugh at life than to lament it. And that's from Seneca on tranquility of mind. So smile. I've read, even if you don't feel like it, smile. And it has an effect on your outlook if you smile. Right. Isn't that like customer service training? 
Oh, yeah. Smile while you're talking to yeah, see, people on the phone. They put mirrors up in their mm -hmm. offices and then when you're, because it comes through. It, it comes does. through in your voice and your attitude and whatnot. Can you tell I'm smiling right now? No. Nobody can <laughs> It's tell. a really creepy smile, I think. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> run away. <laughs> I'm a big smiler. Actually, I think about my mother when I was a kid. She'd be like, smile, honey. Just smile. Mm -hmm. Like if I was going to go through something difficult or whatever, she's just like, just smile. I never like really got that until this very moment, I think. And I do smile a lot, but I feel happy. So I smile a lot. When I smile, I feel happy. So I think it works both ways. All right. Those are the seven rules. Okay. Uh, I think we're done. I hope everybody enjoyed those. Something to think about, you know, as we move into the last quarter of our lives. And we're thinking about what happiness means to us at this moment. And I think these are just some really thought-provoking ideas. People have another rule that they live their life by. Put it in the comments. Yes. Uh, yes. Please uh, contact us. Or they can email us too, right? Uh, 60pluspodcast at gmail.com. It's 60plus spelled out podcast. 60pluspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your rule. Yeah, or let us know how you've lived some of these rules. What are the things that you do to stay present or to stay happy? Anything else? I don't think so. I thought that was a really nice conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It was, thank you. My name's Joe. And I'm Janet. And this is the 60 Plus Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.